This week on Wrestling Hindsight, we review Super Showdown, we talk about the hidden meanings in Firefly Funhouse, and the possibility of Shane McMahon being the WWE Champion. All that and more on Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling Hindsight. It's episode 50. That's right, the big 5 0. And I'm your host, Jason Sklar. Joined, as always, for the 50th time, my co host, my dear old dad, Big Steven Jack. Say hi, dad. Hi, everybody. This is Big Steven Jacks up here in beautiful uh, Lake St. Louis, Missouri. Just because I change locations doesn't mean I change the name. Anyway, we have a big, uh, an interesting show. Okay, we we uh, take a look at the Super Showdown. We take a look at Raw. We take a look at SmackDown. We have tons of opinions. Uh, without any further ado, take it away, Jason. Yeah, and before we get into any of the wrestling stuff, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, the big celebration this weekend. Because it's a special day, right? Okay. I think the St. Louis Blues are having their their oh, yeah, Stanley yeah. Cup parade. Yes, they are. You now, know, that was uh, supposed to be a swerp. Because you're supposed to remember that this was uh, Father's Day on Sunday. And oh. you're supposed to hint at that. And I was going to be like, no, the St. Louis Blues are celebrating their... That's their... okay. I forgot this Sunday was Father's Day. Well, to you and uh, all the other dads out there, and uh, happy Father's Day. Thank you. To you and all the other motherfuckers, happy Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought we were keeping us PG. Well, you know, special times. Also, you know, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on their Stanley Cup victory. Uh, I believe they came back from a 3-2 deficit to win it on the road in Boston. Uh, anytime Boston loses a championship, I think the world rejoices outside of New England. And uh should be pretty interesting. So without any further ado, let's jump into wrestling. And let's start with uh, the probably the best promotion out there right now. And that's uh, AEW, even though they've only had one official show. And uh, the big news from AEW is that their Fighter Fest, which is uh, coming up at the end of the month in Daytona, is going to be aired free on BR Live, which is the same uh, streamer online that carried the Double or Nothing pay-per-view for $59.99. Uh, what do you think, Dad? I think it's interesting. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to actually get the uh, stream, the uh, BR streaming uh, uh, service. No, um, no. Bleacher Report lost a, launched a streaming service, I think, earlier this year. Uh, it's free to, to view online. Things like the Dan Patrick Show uh, moved from NBC Sports uh, daily to Bleacher Report. Um, they, they'll air stuff for free, but then um, like a, almost like a television channel. But then like if you want to pay for special events like fights like uh, or wrestling events or boxing matches, then there's a, a fee. Well, free is my favorite price, so I may check that out. Well, I think this is a great idea. Um, it, it's kind of like, uh, in my opinion, drug dealer-like strategy, business strategy here. Um, give everybody a taste, 
and then hopefully they'll like it, and then then the second one uh, they'll have to start paying for. Right. And you know this how? Because well, they're offering it for free. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, also big news from AEW is that they uh, signed <laughs> Sean Spears, made him an official member of their roster. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, that's the Perfect Ten Ty Dillinger from WWE. Uh, a gimmick that caught fire a la Daniel Bryant and WWE wasted it. It may have been the beginning of the end for the WWE. Uh, I'll go back to when we went to WrestleMania 33 and it, uh, we're walking around Access, and they had some uh, matches going on there from NXT and 205. And we watched a match between uh, Jack Gallagher and uh, the Brian Kendrick. And the crowd was chanting 10 the whole time, and Ty Dillinger wasn't even in the building. Oh, yeah, that was a riot. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like he just came out. Uh, beforehand and everybody was still hyped from him. It wasn't like he was, you know, uh, coming up next and everybody knew it. Uh, even the wrestlers played along and went outside the ring and did the 10 chant, referee did. But somebody that over and WWE somehow wasted that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. it was a brain trust uh, or lack of. Good job, Vince McMahon. Speaking of how WWE is screwing everything up, let's talk about Super Showdown. Okay. Um, uh, WWE hit the the nail on the head on this one. It was a WrestleMania like pay per view. If you're not a fan of WrestleMania, and uh, y- you know, it, it it was in a big outdoor stadium similar to WrestleMania. They had pyro similar to WrestleMania, and you know they had some big matchups, even if the matches didn't pay off, similar to what you'd get from WrestleMania. Uh, but it, it didn't deliver in a lot of ways. Uh, go ahead and take your first swings at this one. Okay, well, first first mistake and the most egregious mistake, you don't, you don't compare it to uh, WrestleMania when you're, re- when you're uh, pr- promoting it. WrestleMania is a special uh, event, okay? That is the, uh, the mecca, okay? No pun intended. Wow, was- wow. <laughs> this was not... WrestleMania it was not even close to WrestleMania, and it should not have been promoted like WrestleMania. It just lets everybody in for a big letdown. Well, I'll disagree with you again. Uh, a third way, it was just like WrestleMania, way too long. I think it was almost five hours. Yeah, something like that. Way too including long, including the pre-show. It, no, that's not including the pre-show. Uh, I didn't know they were going to have a pre-show. The where where I would give them props are the pre-show they actually had because I caught the end of it. Um, they actually had in the studio, I'm guessing somewhere in the United States, because they had two women on the pre-show. No, they were, it was over in Saudi Arabia. No, no, it was in a different studio. It wasn't like, you know how they usually have the pre-show in the arena or in the stadium behind the, you know, in the crowd somewhere. This was in a studio somewhere. Uh, and I didn't catch where they said it, but you know, I I was assuming because they had two women on the TV, uh, dressed normally that it might not have been in Saudi Arabia. And there was also a slight delay when they were throwing it back and forth at the end there. Oh, okay. Okay. So I know the, uh, I know the warm up match was in Saudi Arabia. Well, yeah, it had to be in Saudi Arabia. All the, all the action or lack thereof was in Saudi Arabia, but I think the actual studio sets were in uh in a studio, not in Saudi Arabia. Um, 
The tag team match uh, was okay. It seemed very house show-esque. The Usos won the tag team match, but somehow uh, the Revival still got a title shot with the Usos on Raw, even though we haven't seen the tag team champions in several uh, weeks. We'll talk about that later when we uh, touch on Raw a little bit. Um, Lars Sullivan, uh, they they had him win by disqualification because... In a three-on-one handicap match, he was actually kind of getting his ass whooped there at the end when all three of the guys came in the ring at once instead of one at a time. Uh, this didn't make any sense to me because you're trying to build him up as a monster, and then you um, you, you, you kind of like make him look normal. And then just to go back on Raw and have uh, the same match again. And It was uh, an elimination match this time. It was pretty much the same match, though. And when they say elimination match, I'm not sure what they mean anymore. Since the last elimination match I saw on Raw, two of the people were never eliminated. <laughs> yeah, they still have been eliminated. They still have not been eliminated. Um, you know, so you make them look like a beast there. It, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the Battle Royal was horrible. Uh, from When they announced this, I thought it was going to be the greatest Royal Rumble again, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, this was not that. It was 50 men in the ring. Even the announcers couldn't keep track of it at the beginning. Until too, it many got down people, to yeah, too many people in a battle royal. Okay, The most you should have in a battle royal any one time is 20. See, I don't mind 30. Uh, when they have the Andre the Giant battle royal, it's not that bad. But, you know, for, for, ten, for, for three seconds, seeing 50 men, which was actually 51 men, uh, there was reports that they miscounted, and there was 51 men in the ring. Okay, I didn't, I didn't catch that. <laughs> and they screwed that up. And apparently, according to uh, uh, online reports from Russell Vote, and I think even maybe Dave Meltzer uh, reported that this was kind of all like an afterthought, thrown together last second. I thought it was a good idea to have Mansoor win since he's from saudi arabia that and was a good as, idea well as soon as they got down to the end there i mean we didn't even know how to predict this but as soon as it got down to the end i'm like oh yeah obviously they're gonna have this guy win that that writes itself that, that that clearly got the biggest pop of the night um i think the uh to be honest with you i like the roman reigns and shane mcmahon match i thought that was a good ending uh, i can't believe they uh, had roman reigns do the job but it was done well and it kept it built to the next thing which I thought was a good idea. Um, Ziggler and Kofi was just a match. Uh, Rollins and Corbin was just a match. I like the fake uh, cash-in at the beginning. That or was the, the miss, the miss cash-in. Uh, and now we probably won't see Brock or the briefcase for a while. Um, uh, the Orton and Triple H match was a good five minutes at the end, but I think it was a 25-minute match. It went on way too long. Triple H matches always do that. Yeah, well, see the Batista one, they're they're okay if they're if they're slow and methodical and there's weapons involved and stuff like that and uh, increasing danger. That's one thing, but you know th- this was just kind of boring until like the last five minutes of the match. Am I wrong? I, I kind of enjoyed it. Okay, it, that it was, was the match slow I liked. And, and, and if there was more of a build up to it, if I was more invested because there's more of a build up, I probably would have enjoyed it more. That was a problem. There wasn't that, any build up. Yeah, that was that's a major problem with most of what they had in there, except for the title matches. Okay, they had more buildup for those, and that's just the Universal and the uh, WWE title matches. They had the buildup for that. Everything else, they really didn't have a buildup for. Okay, yeah. and, and then, 
the women's match, I felt like they weren't even part of the card. They weren't. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, anyway, though, I mean, let's talk about the big issue. Because uh, I think we touched on all the other matches at least a little bit. At least the ones I can remember. If I can't remember, it wasn't important enough. Yeah. Uh, they closed well, the show. Before, before we touch on that big issue, okay? The card was not that great, but it wasn't the worst card I've ever seen. Okay? There was one major thing that was a problem, and they really need to address this, is the heat. Okay? It was 100 degrees down there. 100 well, they plus had an degrees. outdoor stadium. It, yes. It's an outdoor stadium. But it was a in the middle of in the middle of summer. Yeah, uh, in the desert. It, it was it was a hundred plus degrees down there, and you know you could see that some of the sloppiness was due to the wrestlers just not being able to get a grip on each other. Uh, I didn't I didn't really get that to be honest with you that the heat was an issue. Um, I, I mean I, I understand how it could be an issue, but I mean. I, I don't. I, I don't think it was an issue that they were sweating. They're sweating all the time anyway. Because, yeah. and, and if they're not sweating, they're dousing themselves in baby oil and water bottles before they start the match. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that as an issue. I can see it being a health issue where uh, they don't have the stamina to go 25 minutes and make it look good because it's too hot and they're having trouble catching their breath. It's ridiculous to make the announcers wear three-piece suits in a hundred yeah. degree heat. Um, I, I don't know what else you can do. Uh, out there, it's an outdoor stadium. I'd yes, it is. There. Maybe they should move it to something indoor. And I, you're you're sacrificing a lot of seats. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, let's go ahead and talk about the end here. The end was uh, they they the main event was Undertaker and Goldberg should have been the middle of the card, not the end. It went about eight and a half minutes, which was probably about two and a half minutes too long. Um, I thought the first five minutes of this match looked really good. Goldberg opens up with a couple spears, uh, goes for the pin. You're like, oh, my God, they're going to put Goldberg over quick, even though you know that's not gonna, what's going to happen. They, they still get you a little bit. Uh, Taker kicks out. He hits a choke slam. They go back and forth a little bit. Uh, Goldberg ends up busting his own head open on the turnbuckle uh, when he misses another spear. And then I think uh, that that may have been when it started to go wrong. I didn't really think he got a concussion there. I thought he got his concussion because I'm pretty sure he's concussed when uh, Undertaker dropped him on his head during the first tombstone. And um, this was poorly done. Uh, You could see Undertaker was struggling to hold him up. And I was even thinking, I'm like, oh, you should not. You should do a power slam instead. But I guess he was committed at that point. You could see Goldberg's head bounce off the mat. Goldberg ends up kicking out. A little while later, he goes for the jackhammer, but can't hold Undertaker up, so he drops him on his head. And then uh, they go for something where Goldberg goes for the pot, uh, the tombstone for some reason, and, and Undertaker's supposed to reverse that, the whole uh, flipping backwards thing. And both that of them didn't are, work. At that point, in that lane in the match, both of them are too worn out and uh, too beat up and old to do this. Goldberg ends up getting uh, hit with a, a piss poor choke slam and a one two three. Uh, there's video afterwards of Goldberg trying to get out of the ring and collapsing right right next to the ring. Yeah, yeah. And apparently both wrestlers were not too happy at the end result. Undertaker gave everybody an earful when he went back. And uh, as Sam Roberts said, Sam Roberts on his show said that uh, he's never gonna. 
suggests that the Undertaker retires because he just loves seeing him out there, and it's up to him. He's never going to try to force him to retire. And I'm not saying that I can force Undertaker to retire or that uh, I understand. You're not going to chokeslam him? I can understand the Undertaker still wants to do it, but I think it's the company's responsibility to say this is no longer entertaining and it's going to, the short-term gains is not worth the long-term stuff. Because right now you're taking his credibility as one of the top performers of all time. And even though you're not hurting his legacy, what he's done in the past, you're hurting his current credibility and it's turning people off. And what if we weren't doing a podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched Super Showdown at all. I probably I may not watch wrestling if we were not doing a podcast. Okay, well, I'm going to take a slightly different uh, route to that. Okay, Undertaker Goldberg for the first eight minutes was uh, was the whole match was eight minutes. Okay, for the first uh, seven seven minutes, I'd say six, five minutes, six and a half minutes was a good match. Far far exceeded my expectations. Undertaker was pretty sharp. Goldberg can still go; he's in good shape in spite of the in spite of the gray hair. It started falling apart after uh, Goldberg hit the uh, hit hit the spear into the uh, ring post. Okay, he hit it wrong, and he ended up cracking open his own head. Uh, ironically, wasn't the, wasn't the very next thing the the first tombstone? Yeah, but what ironically though, if you noticed when he was coming out of the uh, out for the uh, on his entrance. There was a red spot right where he busted open. Yeah, you could hear him headbutt the door, and he he he, he busted himself open in the locker room first on uh-huh. accident again, which he's done multiple times. Yeah. Uh, by the way, where did he? Where was he walking from? Uh, building three blocks away. That was an awful long entrance. Well, he had to match the Undertaker. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, he he was he must have been walking across the desert or something. But anyway, I digress. After, excuse me. After the uh, he got he slammed into the uh, post, uh, and you could see the post move a little bit. Uh, he seemed a little dazed. Okay, and the, uh, you know Undertaker uh, put him in the tombstone, which I don't think was executed very Where, well. Where's the part where you differ from me? Because right now you're just saying everything I said. No, I, no, I'm not. You are. You're just repeating the match like I did. Well, relax. Where, where's your opinion that differs? Relax, relax. And, you know, give uh, give Goldberg credit, okay, because he could have wrapped it up right there. He could have said, I'm hurt. Let's get this over with. And he didn't. You know, there is no quitting him. He continued on for the fans. Now, Needless to say, as is reported everywhere, the last 90 seconds of the uh, match was a train wreck because, uh, yes, Goldberg was definitely concussed there. And, you know, uh, and both both, uh, were were beat. Okay. Now, I will differ from you here. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to call on Undertaker to retire. Okay. Uh, 
it's he's he's been around long enough to where he can he can he can pick his own spot. Okay, I'm not going to call on Goldberg to retire. He looks like he can still go anytime he wants. Okay, uh, both of them are will go down as well. Goldberg's already a Hall of Famer, and Undertaker will go down as a Hall of Famer. Okay, I wouldn't put his uh, I wouldn't feature his matches uh, at the end of the card. It should have been in the middle, but they were kind of backed into the corner with that was getting most of the push. Okay, but no, I don't. I, while while I, while he's uh, not what he was, it, Undertaker can call his own shot there. Here's the thing, though, is, and we're gonna wrap this up now and move on after after this comment. But um, with, with Goldberg, I don't think he still has it because uh, if you look back at his last run, which is two years ago now, yeah. Uh, his first match was 30 seconds with Lesnar. His second match was maybe a two-minute spot in the Royal Rumble. And his WrestleMania mm-hmm. match, or his Kevin Owens match, was, uh, what, a minute? Less than a minute with Kevin I Owens? Was, I think it was 30 seconds. Okay, less than a minute. That still counts. And then his WrestleMania match was maybe four minutes mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, Lesnar in the middle of the show. Uh, not nearly as hot. This one... You know, I, I'm pretty sure they still called it early there because it's not supposed to end with a choke slam. No, and, but uh, and reports you know, are reports are that the reports are was that that wasn't the ending. They still called it early because Goldberg was hurt. Could he have called it earlier? Maybe. Um, I would have rathered him call it earlier after the tombstone, end it there, and everybody goes saying, "Wow, that was a pretty good match." Yes. And then later it comes out, "Oh man, Goldberg wrestled part of that match with a concussion." Now. Now I think that uh, I, I so I, I don't know if Goldberg can still go. I think he should you know ride off in the sunset while he still can. Maybe one more match to try to save his leg, like to try to leave on top. Um, Undertaker though, uh, for the last two years, has kind of tarnished started to tarnish his legacy a little bit. He's taken away the aura, and, and because they keep putting him on late in the show, uh, especially in these Saudi Arabia shows, he's uh, he's hurting the actual product. You can't tell me that part of the what's chasing the fans off it isn't you know the underwhelming ends to these pay-per-views that he he's in yeah well yeah. i i will agree that he should not be on the end of the, at uh, closing the show there okay that should have been in the middle of the show and should have been a quick match goldberg is still in tremendous shape okay uh does he have does he have endurance no not really but the man's in, in tremendous shape, and in short those matches, might be, he can do those well. Those might be gym muscles now. Those might not be wrestling muscles anymore. Anyway, let's move on. Before Without we a our, doubt. Before we end our first segment here, uh, we have to talk about stomping ground, uh, ticket sales. Apparently, they're not doing too well. That's partially because so far what's been announced is either a rematch from uh, Super Showdown with uh, Kofi versus Dolph and... Uh, Corbin versus uh, Rollins, uh, a rematch from Money in the Bank, um, which is Becky versus Lacey. And I think there's uh, another match announced, which is a, just a WrestleMania rematch. Okay, well, the... Uh, the oh, uh, uh, McIntyre and... Uh, and and uh, Reigns, again. Right. So, so now that we're being told... At the end of December, beginning of January, there's no more automatic rematches. We're going to get fresh new ideas. Here we are, the June pay-per-view, 
two weeks after a Saudi show. Same old shit. Ticket sales are reflecting that. Apparently, they're doing two two for one specials on tickets for this show. And um, where's where the where's it at again? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, you can look it up. Maybe Ohio somewhere. Oh, Phoenix. I, I don't know. Okay, if it's in Ohio, are you doing anything that weekend? I'm not driving up or flying up. <laughs> okay um but, yeah but you know it, it's very you know this kind of spells the end like wcw at the end there yeah well you know hopefully once uh vince gets his gets starts getting some uh some competition from uh from the new kid on the block uh he'll start wising up okay or retire and let triple h take over right. okay good but you know at any rate though you know, so far there's nothing on that card that I really want to go out of my way to see, except the uh, Ziegler, uh, the Ziegler Kingston match in the cage, because those two are just fantastic, fantastic uh, wrestlers. It is, but it's just been like, if that was the only rematch, that'd be one thing. But why does Ziegler get a rematch? Why does Baron Corbin get a rematch? These don't logically make sense. It, no, they don't. If they were, if they lost their titles and were getting a rematch, at least that would somehow make sense because, you know, you have a shot to win your title back. Well, that's true. That's true. And you know, both lost cleanly, so you know let's the rematch and, uh, doesn't make sense. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to Raw and SmackDown. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown. And before we get into each of the shows, there are a couple notes uh that kind of cross both brands here uh the first one is that i thought it was i don't know if they're going off script or if w i almost called them wcw wwe is just uh, acknowledging some of the the criticism you're getting online but both uh kofi and ko take shots at some of the backstage quote-unquote politics that have been going on lately at the beginning of raw kevin owens comes out with Sami Zayn and Dolph Ziggler. Was it Dolph Ziggler? Sami Zayn and somebody else, right? Yeah, I uh, think so. Drew McIntyre. Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. And says, well, I'm the wild card, whatever that means. Which is a hint to, like, you know, even they don't know what that means. So that was mm-hmm. good. That was probably the best use of the wild card I've seen. And then on SmackDown, the New Day was having uh, a welcome back for Big E at... Uh, one point, Big E says, "I've been, uh, I've had more returns than Charlotte Flair has had title shots." Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Kofi goes, "That's funny because that's a booking joke," which is funny. Uh, Smart yeah. Mark's got it. Then they covered up with, like, "No, like booking a flight to Charlotte. You're flying to Charlotte, right?" And then they like hushed him up real quick. <laughs> so I don't know if they're going off script there. Either way, that was appreciated. There's been some other stuff with like uh, the. Revival. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Vince loved it. He may, he may have, he may not have, he may not have been in the building. That's why they were able to do it. Uh, th- there's some other stuff with, uh, I know um, I saw Peyton Royce liked uh, Sean Spears, uh, the tweet where he was signed to AEW. So that that's something. Uh, Scott Dawson uh, also fired a shot out to uh, a wrestler at another company uh, who was saying they're the best tag team in the world, and he said, you know where to find us. Uh and then uh, the FTW, which stands for, according to the Young Bucks, fuck the revival. Okay. So, 
a little stuff there, uh, a little disgruntled. Everybody seems to be disgruntled. What do you think about these little inside jokes before we move on? I think it's a symptom of the problem. Okay, uh, you know, uh, back in uh, December when uh, McMahon's came out and said, we're going to change things. The... <coughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's a pretty good Vince, but then you, you choked yourself up. And that's why I need you to stay on camera, because if I didn't see that, it wouldn't have been as funny. Uh, we're going to change things. From now on, the people are in charge. Anyway, once again, we have the same old shit. It's a different day. Okay, they think we're idiots. And uh, they think the, uh, the, uh, and the uh, wrestlers... The, uh, from what I've heard, the, the morale in the back sucks. And yeah, it's, it's, starting been to to be, it's been reported to be maybe the worst uh, it's been maybe in the history of the company. Um, uh, do you take any solace that maybe these little uh, shots that they're taking, do you, if it's not the wrestlers uh, going off script there, do you, do you take any solace that maybe they're like, it's almost like we hear you? We recognize there's an issue type thing back, here. Back in December, I would have when they first did it. Okay, with, uh, you know, uh, Seth Rollins saying how much you're all sucks. Okay, and all that stuff. How much the show suck and the ratings dropping and That's all like this stuff. It's like a fool me once type thing. Yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. All right, speaking of fooling us, let's talk about the wild card rule real quick. And the reason I want to talk about the wild card rule is because um, I think we might be able to fix it. And I was thinking about this while I was watching. Uh, I'm going to admit that I, I kind of liked Raw this week. And the reason why I liked Raw is because while I was watching it on the TV, on my iPad, I was watching the NBA Finals. So it may have been because I wasn't paying attention. But what I did notice was they only had three wild cards on Raw. But then they made up for it with five wild cards on SmackDown. And I think Charlotte, somebody can't count. <laughs> and Charlotte Flair and Roman Reigns were neither of these. They were on neither show this week. Yes. Which was interesting. It gave me an idea. And I don't have an issue with people jumping shows for a night or a period of time. The issue I have is with them using the same people every week on Raw and SmackDown. Um for example, the wild cards this week were Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, one for each show. Um, Drew McIntyre was a wild card. The Miz. The Miz was a wild card. Uh, Nikki and Alexa. Yes, that's five on uh, SmackDown. Yeah, uh, well, no, I, I mentioned both of them there. Uh, Lacey, uh, no, Bailey was, basically, my, my point is, is that they're using, uh, the wild cards they're using on Raw, uh, then are on their regular show on SmackDown, and whoever they're talking to then becomes a wild card over on SmackDown. Uh, for example, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were both on both shows in storylines, with Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston for for this week's show. And yes. there's no consistency there. If you just had Kevin Owens go over to Raw for a month and work with Sami Zayn in a program with Seth Rollins and 
name another uh, The Miz, another yeah, face yeah. there. Okay. And he stayed over there for a month and was not on SmackDown, and all four of those superstars were only on Raw for that month. Not an issue. If you have uh, um, Drew McIntyre on SmackDown for three weeks with Roman Reigns and Elias and Shane McMahon having their feud, maybe with the Usos, and they're all on SmackDown for three weeks straight without appearing right, right. on Raw, it's not the overexposure. And you're you're also letting the storyline run its course. The issue is is that the, you either have the same guys being wild cards for no reason, you have them on both shows in the same week, overexposing them and repeating the storyline. You know, uh, the last couple times we, we've uh, had these podcasts since the wildcard rolls, how many times have we uh, gone into SmackDown saying, well, kind of started the same way Raw started? A couple of times there. And, you know, the thing is, and this is this is what I don't lo- don't like about the wild card, is that, yes, you got uh, off times you have the same people jumping back and forth. OK, and, you know, you only have so much time on on uh, SmackDown. Uh, and so how many how many of the uh, mid carders are you burying there? Quite a few. And once again, over on Raw, they bury the mid carders anyway. You don't see a lot of them. And you know, there's a, there are some good wrestlers that don't get the uh, time. Okay, you need to vary it up. I get tired of watching the same guys every week. Well, it, you know, it's weird because it. it... One other thing I don't like is that they, they're using the wild card to really focus on the Shane McMahon story. Like, you have Roman jump into Raw to follow Shane McMahon. Uh, then Elias and McIntyre jump into SmackDown. Uh, something that Sam Roberts mentioned on his podcast today is he realized how big of an issue the wild card is right now when he couldn't remember what show the actual person was supposed to be on this week. Mm-hmm. I think he might have been talking about Alexa. Because she's a, a, a Raw superstar is the number one contender for the SmackDown title. Yeah. Makes no sense. You know, two weeks ago, she was a face on on, uh, on Raw and a heel on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And this week, you know, uh, you know, they, she's kind of like tricking, like her, her the, the wild card is also creating inconsistent characters. Like you're having them play two parts of one thing. It's just really bad. I think, I think you can fix this. By having the rule in place, one, having consistent rules, four wild cards a week, no more, no less. For the 24 the, uh, champions that are, uh, there's only one of 24 7. Uh, women's tag team champions are uh, autonomous, they can go back and forth to each show. Um, but when they're on Raw, the only superstars they can confront there are the Raw superstars. And on SmackDown, the only superstars they should confront there are the SmackDown superstars. That would make sense. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a, um, everybody showing up wherever they want. Um, <laughs> you know, like have if you're gonna have like if you're gonna have Kevin Owens and a story and Sami Zayn and the storyline with Seth Rollins, have that be the storyline. And then when they go over to SmackDown the next week or something, then Seth Rollins' is the wild card comes over to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Not not have uh, Kevin Owens go to to Raw. To team with Sami Zayn against Rollins, and then Sami Zayn's come to SmackDown to team with Kevin Owens against Kofi Kingston because you're, you're you're mixing too many storylines there. It's getting too confusing, and the continuity is just killing it. You're absolutely right there, and you know uh, 
you got you got to you get you do have to be consistent. But you know, I will tell you, they need to give uh, time to some to some of the mid carders that they called up from NXT. That you know, so they so maybe you could find another main eventer there. You're going to get your next main eventer from there, okay? Uh, and also by calling these guys up from NXT where they were wrestling to be not being used or being used as an extra druid or something like that. That's why the uh, that's that's why morale is so low. These guys want to wrestle, okay? They don't want to sit in the back and just uh, watch. And, and the, the issue, with, I mean, the just because they're not on TV doesn't mean they're not wrestling. I'm sure a lot of these guys are wrestling on house shows. Uh, some of these guys are on 205 Live that we're not seeing uh, dark matches. So I mean, they're getting the action, but like the the inconsistency with storylines, I think, is what's really hurting the morale. Not just of the wrestlers, but of the the WWE fandom as well. Mm. Um, so, I mean, what do you think about that idea, though? Like, if you're having a wild card role, it's fine, but each superstar only appears on one show a week. That would be a good idea, because you know, once again, you have uh, you, you you have enough time there to be able to divide up the pie to for a lot of people. Yeah, okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to some of the happenings on Raw and and SmackDown. Before we get on to Raw and SmackDown themselves, uh, I felt it was necessary to pull out the two best things from Raw and SmackDown, uh, appeared on both shows, and talk about them separately. Uh, And these are far and away, one and one A. Not having having, uh, Roman and uh, and, uh, uh, Flair on there? No, uh, we already talked about that briefly. In the last segment, but the Firefly Funhouse is probably the best thing on Raw, yeah. In the replay on SmackDown, since the, you know, probably since WrestleMania, uh, this week was great. Um, uh, Rambling Rabbit is being chased around by the Buzzard again, and at first, uh, Bray Wyatt stops the Buzzard from eating him, even though it's the law of the jungle. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Or the food chain, one of those two. And uh, he ends up giving Ramblin' Rabbit the floor to say whatever he wants. And Ramblin' Rabbit says, I'm going to tell you what's really happening here in the funhouse. And Bray Wyatt can't have that. So he beats him with a mallet and then uh, makes him into jam. And now sells Ramblin' Rabbit jam. Uh, Go ahead and give me your, your thought quickly on that. And I'll share what Sam Roberts said on his podcast which i really agree with you know it's it says a lot about the show overall and that's both smackdown and raw when the best part is firefly funhouse now i'm not taking anything away from firefly funhouse but that's not wrestling okay it's very entertaining but that shouldn't be the uh the the best part of the show as far as the funhouse itself i think uh that uh, Bray Wyatt and he's supposed to be getting a lot of creative license with it is uh, is is brilliant with this stuff. I think he's pulling it off great. It's disturbing, yes, but you know it's uh, delightfully disturbing. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you. It uh, some of these are hit and miss. Some of them I don't like at first until I see it the second or third time. Uh, sometimes on an online video that's part of. Sometimes just seeing it the second time on SmackDown. Um, Sam Roberts goes into some deeper meanings here that make a lot of sense, and it would be very interesting if this these were actually 
uh, true. Because we all know that uh, at, at this point that each of the puppets seems to be a different incarnation of Bray Wyatt. The Rambling Rabbits from his Rambling Promos. Um, uh, Huskus the Pig is Husky Harris. The Mercy the Buzzard was the original Bray Wyatt based on Waylon Mercy. And Sister Abigail is, of course, his Sister Abigail face. Um, one of the things that he pointed out this week was that uh, the Funhouse is the WWE. And when Ramblin' Rabbit says, I'm going to tell you what's really going on in the Funhouse, it's kind of Bray Wyatt saying, I'm going to let you in on what's really going on here in the WWE. And as soon as he goes to do that, like all wrestlers, he gets shut up by the big machine, in this case, smashed by a mallet, which is the WWE, I don't know, benching Neville or Luke Harper uh, and just adding time to their contract for injuries uh, to shut them up and kind of bury them. And then uh, once he, they got everything out of him and he's gone and dead, they, they, do, uh, they, they make as much money off of him as they can afterwards. Uh, by selling by selling the jam or whatever the product is or uh, matches on the WWE network, um, and you know it makes a lot of sense. It, you know maybe he's reading too much into it, but that does make sense in my opinion. And uh, I, I wonder if Vince is interpreting any of this or like, hey, as long as it's selling, let it go. I mean, I, he had a puppet that looked like Vince McMahon with devil horns on it. And I really would like to know what he thought about that. I can't wait for Bruce Pritchard to get fired so he can talk about this on, on something else to wrestle. Yeah, that would be that'd be interesting. Uh, now you know, I, I'll tell you that's a very good insight there, and takes it one step further than what we've been taking it. Okay, I didn't think of Ramblin' Rabbit uh, getting uh, squashed as as Vince McMahon putting his foot down. Yeah, you know the WWE machine is uh, squashing. You know, somebody on their way out the door and then, you know, making money off of them after they're gone because they own the likeness or merchandise still. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I, 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 it makes you wonder what's going on next, what's going to happen next week. Uh, something else that Sam Roberts pointed out, uh, you know, we haven't we haven't talked about Sam Roberts much lately on this podcast, but we're making up for it today is. um uh, he, he said that the Firefly Funhouse, this especially this week, is something that left him thinking about, you know, Raw after it went off the air, like contemplating what was going to happen next, thinking it out and stuff like that. And he hasn't had that feeling in a while versus mm-hmm. WWE products. I mean, you, and that makes sense. That's something that I think that's thinking too. Yeah, and you know, that's the one thing that is actually intriguing. Okay, the Firefly Funhouse. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a sad commentary and that that's the, is that, that, that is the only thing you look forward to when watching raw. That's probably the only time I put the game on pause, uh, or put the iPad down is to pay attention to that. Um, speaking of, of other things that make you wonder what's going on in a good way, uh, the 24 seven title and, uh, I think this is mostly off the back of our truth, what they've been doing with it so far, since he's mostly the one involved. I think everybody else who's been helping out has mostly been great. Um, I think they're begin. I think Vince McMahon doesn't take it seriously, so he's been giving them creative license as well. And 
know, the two things he hasn't taken seriously is giving creative license are arguably on the internet, the best reviewed stuff on the show, uh, on raw, our truth gets stuck in the, an elevator with a bunch of other wrestlers. Uh, no referee though. So they just sit there and talk and bond for a bit until the elevator doors open. Uh, I thought these segments were hit and miss. Uh, I, I think there was what, three or four of them and most of them were pretty funny and stuff like that. Some of them didn't make any sense. Like they were doing some kind of bad improv when Drake uh, Maverick was talking about how he's getting married this weekend and EC3 wants to know why he wasn't invited and Drake Maverick's like, you're the best man. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But here's the thing, though. It doesn't make any sense. It's like a bad improv. Mm-hmm. You know, or something like that. Like I like the idea. I like the little conversations that they're having in there, but you at least have it make logical sense. Yeah. But and then no, you know, I, once the once the elevator doors open, everybody funny. tries to pen truth again. So. Uh huh. But you know, I thought that was funny. The uh, you know, and yes, I will agree with you. The twenty four seven title is one of the best things on either Raw or SmackDown, and I was not in, I was not for that. Okay, but the but you know, truth is pulling that off like you wouldn't believe. Well, I I think part of it is um. You know, I think all of us were down on it because it came as a surprise and the belt was so ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing with the 24-7 title on SmackDown was um, R-Truth hides in a, a luggage case that automatically locks. Uh, Carmella has a match, so she tells Truth to, to wait carefully. And then uh, R-Truth, uh, uh Jinder Mahal comes by pretending to be Carmella, says he's going to get a crowbar when he comes back for it. The case is gone, and uh, it's being shipped to L.A. for Raw. So that was a good cliffhanger when you're like, I guess he's going to be in there the whole time. I, I hope they open Raw with him banging on the inside of the case. That'd be the best way to do it. I thought that was well done. This is uh, all has been well done. Everything I think just about everything they've done with the 24-7 title has been really well done and the missteps have been minor and you can forgive them because the rest of it's so good. Uh, maybe the highlight though is, uh, our truth constantly referring to Drake Maverick as Hornswoggle. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Well, he is about the same height. Uh, I think he's maybe like a uh, six inches taller. Uh, huh. maybe, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, you got, it, it does show off, uh, it shows off our truths. uh, uh, t- uh, talent for uh, for improv comedy, and the man is a good athlete. Okay, but when the, the Funhouse and the twenty four seven title are your two highlights of the shows, that doesn't say much for the shows. It doesn't. Um, speaking of that, let's go ahead and talk about Raw and SmackDown. We have been. I mean, we've been talking about things on Raw and SmackDown, but I mean, like, the the shows overall. Uh, I have uh, three notes here from Raw. The first one is that they had a six-man tag match that was actually pretty good. Yes, uh, that was entertaining. Yeah, that was between uh, The Miz, uh, Braun Strowman, and Ricochet on one side, and then Bobby Lashley, Samoa Joe, and Cesaro on the other side. Uh, the, they throw so many six-man tag matches out there with these mixed bedfellows. Uh, they, I mean, there was another one on SmackDown. Uh, yeah, the New yeah. Day versus three guys with not nearly as good. Uh, you know, it just becomes old hat, so it's not as entertaining. 
anymore. Uh, the tag team titles changed hands. The Revival, though they lost to the Usos, were somehow in a, uh, a title match with the Usos against the champions Hawkins and Ryder. Um, I thought this was a decent match, too. Uh, I liked the ending of it because uh, the Revival is a chicken shit heels. This was explained that they were in this match because they were friends with Shane McMahon. And he's flexing right, his right. power, building them all more as heels. So I didn't mind them actually being put in the match. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, one of the Usos, I think it was Jay, hits the, the frog splash on one of the major brothers. Uh, unbeknownst to him, Dawson tags him, runs in the ring after the splash, throws the Uso out, uh, and makes the pin while he's laughing in his face while uh, Wilder holds, the, uh, holds his legs. Um, I, you know, I thought it was a good ending. It's a good way to have the belt. It sucks that the belts haven't had any uh, build-up on them since WrestleMania, and hopefully that changes now. But, I mean, uh, last thing I heard was the Viking experience was uh, feuding with the Major Brothers. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the former Major Brothers. Okay. And, you know, they were uh, they, they were good absentee champions. Okay, uh, it was a good match. How okay. are you a good absentee champion? You and me could have been the tag team champions. Nobody would have known the difference. This is true. I said absentee. We could be good absentee champions. Okay, and you know, uh, once again, know that you know they they aren't they haven't been used correctly. The uh, tag team titles are virtually meaningless, and it shouldn't be. Tag team wrestling should be a focal point. Okay. Uh, you know, in the Viking experience, I think they set sail. I don't know how you have an hour on NXT uh, and the tag team division and titles are such a major part of the show. And you have three hours on Raw and you can't even get them on TV most of the time. I have no idea. You know, Vince does not like tag team wrestling. You know, that, you know, when Triple H takes over, if there's still a company, then uh, th- th- then you'll see better, uh, a better tag team uh, division. Maybe. Uh, like you said, if there's still a company. But right now, it seems like they're fading kind of fast. And I hope, uh, I think they need to, like, don't they have a board of directors, uh, in real life, a board of directors that can remove Vince from power? They have a board of directors, but they can't remove Vince from power because while uh, while WWE is a publicly traded company, the McMahons own 75% of the stock. Yeah, but uh, Shane and Stephanie and Linda and Triple H. Only in storyline. Anyway, though, uh, the other thing that uh, is worth mentioning from Raw is Sami Zayn, a special enforcer. In the main event with Kevin Owens versus uh, Rollins. This comes uh, about because Baron Corbin was not happy with the referee at Super Showdown. So he has his rematch where he gets to pick a special guest referee. And Sami Zayn is auditioning for the job. Uh, This was great. It was uh, a good shtick here. Uh, He ends up disqualifying uh, Seth Rollins for putting his hands on him. After uh, Sami Zayn may have uh, overstepped his bounds slightly. Um, I, I thought this was good. Those are, really, <laughs> those are really the three things that uh, I felt need mentioning from Raw. Do you have anything else you want to throw out there? 
Well, you know, I like I, I like the I like the way uh, Sammy Zane Sammy Zane is pretty talented, okay, and I like the way he pulled off the chicken shit uh, crooked ref there, okay, uh, and you know it has you know it it sent people home happy, okay. Now uh, one another thing that seemed uh, rather interesting, Paul Heyman. Okay, he comes out, goes through his shtick that, okay, now you're not going to, now we're not going to give you any warning as to when Brock Lesnar's going to be uh, cashing in. And that's an excuse for, for Lesnar to take three months off and then show up all unexpectedly. Yeah, and, and you know, it was pointed out by our friends at What Culture, I believe Simon Miller said, this is just so Brock Lesnar can do with the Money in the Bank contract exactly what he did with the Universal title. Exactly. Take it off TV, which is horrible because half the thing with the Money in the Bank contract is having that elevate the guy to a main event status to where he's boasting about it all the time as if it's a mid-card title and uh, eventually cashing it in, uh, often feuding uh, in a secondary feud with uh, whoever the champion is with always the the threat of possibly cashing it in. And, uh, you, you know... I, I don't know how I feel about Brock Lesnar taking it and, and walking away with it for, I'm guessing, until SmackDown moves to Fox. But, I, you know, I think it would have been better if he, he lost it this weekend or something. I'd agree. I would agree. Uh, you know, they, they shouldn't be, uh, you know, they shouldn't be doing that with the uh, money in the bank because people will forget about it. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar will come by in three months and say, "I'm going to, ch- I'm, I'm challenging this guy," okay? And you know, and people say, "Oh, he has the money in the bank, doesn't he?" Yeah. Let's move on to SmackDown and uh, SmackDown start. Uh, SmackDown was was bad this week, in my opinion. I did not like it at all. It was very boring. It started off with the Miz TV, where the Miz was being, uh, as a wild card, was being forced to host a Miz TV featuring Shane McMahon. McIntyre and Elias. Um, this was just really another celebration of Shane McMahon, which they had the week before, which I believe they also had celebrations for him uh, two weeks ago and three weeks ago. Uh, half the shows are just celebrating Shane McMahon for an hour. Uh, the the one takeaway here, is, or a couple takeaways. The first one is um, Miz calling him the pest in the world instead of best in the world, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Um, the other one was uh, uh, the Miz uh, getting upset, wanting a match with Shane McMahon, and Shane says you have to beat Elias first, and then if you beat him, you can beat McIntyre. Uh, he beats Elias, he loses to McIntyre. Shane decides to start the match on an unconscious Miz anyway, or he just puts a sloppy-looking triangle on him and chokes him out. Um, a couple of th- uh, other things. Big E returns twice. I say that because at one point I thought they were coming out for their match, but apparently it was just a promo, which was being interrupted by the three guys they're facing later in the night. Um, I, I, I don't know why you just didn't have the match then or, or wait and do it all at one time. It seemed like a waste of time to me. And then the Aleister Black promos, which are getting a little annoying in my opinion, uh, this time he's just sitting there, has a stagehand open the door, and is yelling at the open door, I'm right here, somebody come fight me. Leave the room. Leave the room and go fight somebody. I'm tired of you sitting there in the black, begging somebody to come find you and fight. Maybe they don't know where you're located. You didn't tell them what part of the building you're in. <laughs> you know, get up and go fight. Something like that. Uh, what do you think? Who's going to end up fighting Aleister Black? 
Oh, jeez. I don't know, Bray Wyatt? Maybe Ricochet will come over as a wild card and uh, kick his butt. But well, you know, I, I hope not, because they're setting up. Like, it, I don't think you can have Bray Wyatt, because if you have Bray Wyatt, one of them has to lose that feud, and you're kind of building them up with these promos for each of them to go on a little bit of a run of victories at first. Uh, and, and it shouldn't be like a, a wild card that comes out and and wins at first, uh, because it should be somebody who he's going to feud with. Right? How Am about Shane McMahon? He's feuding with everybody else anyway. Maybe, but I don't think Shane McMahon's going to go looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. The, thing is, though, the thing is, though, the way he's acting, he seems like a face to me, right, Aleister Black? Uh, actually, he's kind of in between right now. I don't know. He seems kind of like a face to me. And the only people who like go looking for fights like that in competition would be like a John Cena-like face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you setting up for a face or a face? What heel is going to go and look and seek him out for a fight? All a heel is going to do is say, oh, that's logically, well, that's somebody who's not going to be in my way to being the best in the company. Yeah, this is true. A room. And, and yeah. a face will say, yeah, I'll fight you, but, you know. But, you know there's a couple of problems with uh, SmackDown. Uh, the same problems can be said with Raw. Okay. Uh, number one problem is entirely too much Shane O'Mac. Okay. And I'm saying this is somewhat of a fan of Shane O'Mac. Okay. Entirely too much of him. You shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't have the, uh, uh, a McMahon as that big, as that big a part of the show. Look, okay. I'll do one better. More. I'll do one better. I like the Shane McMahon character. I like what he's doing. Still too much Shane McMahon. Right. Mm-hmm. I like and, everything uh, about what he's doing, except how much he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to, uh, you know, you have to rein that in a little bit. Give him a break. Let him let him take a week off or something. I don't know. But, you know, entirely too much McMahon. Okay. And the uh, right, the booking isn't, is lazy. Beyond lazy. You and I can sit down in a room and book better matches. And we and we are not bookers. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll do that in a minute. But before we get to that, let's um one before we get to that, uh Sam Roberts brought up something on on his show again and this is like the 10th time I've talked about him, so I hope he's listening. He's probably not, but I mean, I listen to him, so at least he could do is listen to me. Mm-hmm. Is um he said that 205 Live is the best product WWE is putting out right now. I would argue that's still NXT, but I'm not surprised if 205 Live is better than uh, Raw or SmackDown. Uh, have you seen 205 lately? What do you think about this? Does this make you want to watch it? I'm, I, I want to go check it out. Okay, I want to see what he's talking about there. As a well, matter of I mean, fact, let me do that this evening. You can do that on the WWE Network. For only $9.95. $9. Well, your first month is free. Uh-huh. Which includes stomping ground in, in less than two weeks. Yes. And, you know, that if that's not cruel and unusual punishment enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I wonder, like, all these people who are arguing that they shouldn't be doing these Saudi shows uh, uh-huh. because of the government over there. I wonder if this is actually, like, Trump sending WWE over there to torture the Saudis. 
<laughs> and to stop hurting people, right? You know, yeah. Stop hurting people and killing journalists. Uh-huh. You know, well, you know, since it's, it's working on me. I haven't, I haven't killed a journalist <laughs> since uh, since I started watching WWE. That's how bad it's been. <laughs> you know, that's a good thought. <laughs> anyway, we do have some extra time here, Dad. And something you mentioned earlier is that we're not bookers. But maybe we are bookers. And even though we don't have a wrestling promotion, let's pretend that we through Vince McMahon out of the company, what's the first thing you change and why? Well, first thing I change is I start, uh, I give a little bit less uh, airtime to the, to your main eventers and start bringing up your, uh, and start showing your uh, mid carters a little bit more because that's how mid carters come up to be main eventers, get familiar with the audiences and stuff like that. Okay. You get them involved a little bit more. Okay. You still use your, uh, main eventers, but you know, they don't have to be on the entire show. Yeah, uh, uh, one thing that I would do is uh, I'd have more structure um, in, in everything, too. Uh, I'd have uh, maybe uh, have uh, smaller writing teams focused on each show, uh, different segments on each show, maybe break it down better to where uh have a writing team that just focuses on the women, uh, tag teams, and, you know, maybe have a pie chart that shows how much each of them get. Uh, another thing I would do is... Uh, your, your your top stars like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, The Miz, uh, Drew McIntyre should wrestle once a month on Raw and or SmackDown. That makes sense. They, they they show up, they cut promos, they cut backstage promos. Uh, maybe they get into a, a brawl backstage or something like that, or a brawl at the end of the night. Uh, other segments other than wrestling, and what you end up doing is you end up making people pay to see them on the the pay-per-views and then uh because they're only doing promo segments you have other people rise up uh and, and do the actual wrestling so what you end up with is you have your big stars build to the big matches you're not you're not spoiling the big matches by having them face off in some kind of tag match or bullshit handicap match on raw or smackdown beforehand so you're not you're not spoiling the anticipation and then you're also uh appeasing your fans by having more wrestling on the show with uh right, right. with wrestlers that are younger and probably can probably go longer and you know eventually when those guys get to the main event level and are battling for the titles they'll go ahead and uh and um face off uh you know that they'll go to like once a, a month on on raw or smackdown i would also uh not have uh the same guys on, on raw or smackdown every week either uh, outside of the champions the the other talent doesn't have to be there on the show every week they can you know every other week once every two weeks or something yes. like have a regular schedule that you know and that's what nxt does on their tapings and nobody mm-hmm. complains about that that would be a good idea. Also, uh, I wouldn't script the promos as much. Okay, you get you get you get with the guys and say this is basically the bullet points I want you to talk about. Okay, and then just let them loose. Okay, I would have more stables and managers too um, for those guys who struggle with promos. Uh, Braun Strowman is better when he's not talking because he only yeah. has so much. I think Braun Strowman's a guy who may need a scripted promo because uh, he doesn't be. Able, uh, outside of saying get these hands, he he really doesn't seem to think on his feet too well, at least in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he doesn't uh, not 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 to insult him or anything, but not that he's not quick witted or anything. But 
Uh, I can't see him having a verbal smarring match with uh, with uh, John Cena. And watching him and Bobby Lashley try to improvise would be a slow death. <laughs> yeah, uh, j- uh, changing subject real quick on uh, on Raw when they were doing the uh, Shane McMahon celebration. Did you notice the look on McIntyre when they were coming down? No. He looked he he looked like he was uh he he looked like just the stain on his face that he was doing this. Well that that's his look. No, this was different. This was different. It was it, it was that look like what am I doing here? You know? Well, let's go through a couple more quick questions, Dad. If you're going to call up somebody from 205 Live or uh, NXT, who we haven't been told is already called up, like Cedric Alexander or Buddy Murphy, who we're told are part of the main roster, they just never get any time, uh, who would it be and where would you put them? I'd put it, I, I would say it would be Dream, Velveteen Dream, and I would put him on Raw. I think he would steal the show. Okay, him and Ricochet could have a series of matches where they probably won't actually touch each other because they'll be flying around so much. I think it would be a, uh, I think it would be a plus, and I would also push him and Ricochet up into the main event picture. I would put him on. Uh, I, I would Dream would be my call up too. I'd put him on SmackDown, and the reason why I put him on SmackDown is because I believe this McMahon pays more attention to Raw than SmackDown. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> um, and he pays no attention to NXT, so ideally I'd like him to stay down there until the old man's out of the picture because, uh, you know, before this year we were talking about, oh, we got to get this guy up to the main roster. He's going to be great. Now we're like, well, let's leave him down at the, at the NXT so he can still be great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, you take a look. Take a look at what they did with EC3. Okay? You yeah, know, the, he, like, is, he is talent. He he's great. Now he's uh doing shitty improv in an elevator with yeah. a red solo cup in his underwear for some reason. Uh anyway, uh last question before we get out of here. Uh Stomping Grounds coming up in two weeks. Forget any of the matches that are there right now. If you could book one match to main event that what would it be and why? Okay, one match. That's a tough one. Okay. I would like to see the main event that Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins unification match. Okay. And the reason I would like to see that is first that would, that would effectively end the brand split, which you're trying to make you to end without you knowing you anyway. And two, those guys put, can put on such a show together and that would be a that would be a rocking main event. Now, I'm tempted to to say the women in some aspect here, but outside of Becky Lynch and Charlotte, I wouldn't know where to go since Ronda Rousey isn't on the card right now. If she was healthy and currently active in the WWE, I'd say one on one Becky versus Ronda. Um or, that would be good. Or Becky versus uh, Shayna Baszler or Charlotte versus Shayna Baszler or something like that. Um, but, you know, Becky versus Charlotte, I don't want to see anymore because we've seen that, like, how many times now in the last six months? A lot. <laughs> so mine would be Daniel Bryan 
versus The Miz. With good one too. Shane McMahon as special guest referee. Hmm. Interesting so, choice. So, SummerSlam, you had Heel Miz versus Face Brian. Now, what they should have probably tried to do going into WrestleMania, which would have been better, is Heel Brian versus Face Miz. But that, that didn't work out. So now you have that set up now, and because The Miz is having issues with Shane McMahon too, Shane McMahon appoints himself a special guest referee. And he keeps trying to screw the Miz out of, out of the match, but it's not working. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out, spears Shane McMahon, another referee comes out, and the Miz ends up beating Daniel Bryan. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Now, you know, uh, SummerSlam is probably going to have a tag team match with the um He's still there? I think you're frozen. Well, you froze up on me, Dad, and I think we're out of time anyway. So, I guess there's no final thoughts for you. So, remember that hindsight is always 2020. <laughs>